Welcome to Women in Electronics, the only show that empowers, develops, advocates, and celebrates the accomplishments and advancement of women in the electronics industry. With your host, Jackie Maddox. Well, hello. Here we are again today with our Women in Electronics Leader in Highlight Radio program. I'm so excited to have Jim Kaplan from Cornell Dublier with us today. Hello, Jim. Hello, Jackie. How are you doing? I'm well. Very well, thank you. Okay, good. Well, we will just dive right into it uh, today. And I just wanted to circle back around with you. I'll let you introduce you know, yourself, your title, um, you know, your company, how you landed here, Jim. Like, this is just a, a story I know, but I'll just turn it over to you to introduce yourself and your title. Okay, well, I am uh, I'm the CEO of Cornell Dublier Electronics. We are a capacitor manufacturer, and uh, I started about 32 years ago with the company. So it's the only employer I've ever been part of. I didn't want to be part of electronics. I was an engineer school and I barely got C's in electrical engineering and abhorred electronics, but I begrudgingly took this job in the family business temporarily till I could find something more fun and enjoyable. And after my first year doing engineering work in the manufacturing facility, I just fell in love with manufacturing regardless of my incompetencies of electronics and didn't hurt me in the manufacturing world. So I've Continued to do that and had various jobs, started at the bottom and just kind of, kind of worked myself up. And uh, here we are. Wow. So it's really interesting to me that it, it did capture you because <laughs> you didn't want to stay in the industry. You probably were feeling a little obligated. And then you mentioned working your way from ground up, which is such a critical point. I just keep talking to leaders about this, that so, most of us did that, <laughs> had some experience right. on the manufacturing floor and just working our way up. I was counting parts on shelves. You know, there's lots of different things we did. It's just really interesting to me that if you compare that when you started in the industry to now, what do you think the difference is for somebody now coming into the industry? And maybe do they have that same type of experience? Well, I know the world's changing, but it does seem like a lot of people want different experiences, which is great. So people move around more. You look at resumes, it's pretty unusual to get a resume where somebody's been with a company for 15 or 20 years. I think that's nice, but I also think kids do themselves a disservice because if you're reasonably intelligent and you work at something long enough, a company, you can be so exceptionally valuable being, I mean, most of the people I know, you know, we're not geniuses. We're at a company for a long time. You can learn the skill sets and be very valuable. And I wish kids would, not look at moving to another company as another skill set they can get because staying within an organization that's large enough to provide you different opportunities, I think you could do great things with companies. And most of the leaders I know have been with the companies for 20 or 30 years. They might not be these brilliant leaders we expect them to be, but because they've been with the company so very long, they know so much. And I think they, I would just like to see that. So I think that was different when I joined 32 years ago. It was common to have employees that have been with us for 30 or 40 years, and now it's it's less common. So I just would implore some of these younger kids, find a company that has some mobility, but don't think you need to jump out to a different skill set or a different employee. You could probably get that if 
by doing different things to the company. And in doing so, you're going to be very valuable to that employee. They're going to be less likely to let you go and more likely to compensate them well. Right. I, that is such a good point. And that goes back to priorities. You and I had talked about this before with, you know, when you're starting your career. Maybe I'll turn it over to you to talk about that a little bit. Well, my priorities are I don't expect our employees to have the same priorities as mine. Mine are mine. I let people know what they are. Mine is God, family, and work. Work is always important, but I'm never going to put it in place of those other two. And I think that's important for me to communicate to the employees because some people might think, well, he says important, but I better travel on Sunday. Well, I don't ever make anybody travel on Sunday. And I know the tickets are cheaper on Sunday than Monday, but if my priorities are going to be that, I expect my employees to give them the same service. You know, you make your family first. That doesn't mean you leave early to go to your baseball games, your kids, but it does mean work hard when you're there. And you know what? Everybody can be an exceptional employee and go home at 530. You know, just be effective while you're there. But that doesn't mean there's no correlation between long hours and good employees. You want to work long hours, work long hours. But I make it clear to our employees that that's my priority. And I think they respect that and say, hey, Jim understands it. I got to leave today at three o'clock. I got something. I'll be back later tonight. I'll come in early tomorrow. And I think it makes for a better work environment. I think it allows your employees to enjoy themselves more. And I think if they have a great home life, they're more likely to be a better employee. I agree with you 100%. You and I have talked about personalities and and all that kind of stuff as well. And just bringing those values um, to the workplace. So I think it's an excellent point, Jim. And I'm so glad that you brought that up. Um, And I wanted to ask you, so now that we're talking about that, I'll, I'll go into my next question. What adjustments do you think companies need to make for the new generation? So we obviously do have a little bit of a mindset gap in a way where you describe a lot of people who now shift and move and maybe have more expectations earlier on than maybe we did. So, but then on the other side, there's some legitimate points of some improvements that need to be made on the other side. So where is that balance and, and what adjustments do you think are reasonable that we should be making as we move into the future? I don't know, because I look at these high-tech companies out in, out in California and the things they give their employees is, is, is crazy in our world. So I don't know. I mean, they get, you know, free food. They get breakfasts. They bring their pets to work. They got, you know, whatever they want. So on one hand, I think some of these companies, and it's fabulous that they can do it because they make so much money. That's great. On the other hand, you have some of the older school businesses who are still kind of no don't do that. You have to work Saturdays or whatever. So I think there's a broader spectrum of what we do for employees than we've ever had. Certainly a lot of companies doing more than they've ever been able to do. Now there's this whole work at home thing and bring pets to work. So I think you just have to fight the right culture for you. I think that's very important when you look for a job. You know, if you've got a company that doesn't fit your culture, you probably shouldn't work there because you could probably be very good, but if you're not going to be comfortable around that that group of people, or it might just be a very well-paying company, but they're really tough on their employees. So I think asking enough people to find out the cultural fit, I think is probably one of the most important things they can do. And maybe it is that fabulous activity out in the West Coast, and maybe it's a little more 
controlling than some other companies. But if it fits for them, then then that's great. So I don't know if there's a a hard standard. Just it's got to fit your personality. Oh, that is an excellent point too, because I feel. A lot of people will maybe join a company and yes, you're right. If they don't fit the culture, they're just always going against the grain (laughs) and that's not good for anybody. But a lot of companies are implementing things like, you know, flexible work schedules, flexible vacation time, caregiver policies. I mean, there's a lot of things we can do, but I agree with you. The culture is probably one of the most important critical areas you should be looking at anytime you're considering joining a company. Um, and vice versa for somebody hiring somebody, they've got to fit into your culture. So, but leading into this next question for you, Jim, is since we're Women Electronics and Cornell is a sponsor of Women Electronics, thank you very much. We appreciate that. So let's get into this question. Why do you think it's so important to support an organization like Women Electronics? Like what barriers do you believe women still face that you would then say, okay, we're going to get behind this initiative? I didn't just actively decide to join Women Electronics. It gets back to our company's culture. We had an employee, Holly, who I respect a great deal. She's a distribution manager. She came to me and said, Jim, this is a good organization. I'd like to support it. So I just said, Holly, if it's important to you, we'll do whatever you want. So that gets back to our culture. If you have an employee that you respect enough and it's really important to them, then I think you should do your best to support it. So it's worked out really well because then we've got Teresa and we've got other employees involved in it. And as they've described, you know, our industry is kind of got a dearth of women. It's just there's not a lot of them. You sit around our meetings and it's mainly men. So we do need more women. And clearly, like any any male or female, if you're the only one, you're just not as comfortable. So I think this organization has been great because they get to meet with their peers and they get to talk about it. And it, it makes it easier for people to join the organization or the company because we do support women. So if you're just an electronic company and you've got a handful of women, maybe I want to join it. But if you're part of an electronic industry and they have this fabulous organization that is encouraging women and help them grow professionally, that's a better reason for them to join the industry. So we started supporting it because it was important to our employees. But it's important to us as a company because more than half the people coming out of college are women. So we need different views and we need more more women. They think differently than we do. They bring a good balance. And, you know, without that, I just don't think you're firing on all cylinders. Wow. Well, thank you for that plug. And I love Holly Good. She is a professional, wonderful, bright light. You cannot think of Holly and not smile, right? She's just always a positive energy. She's super sharp. And, um, you know, I like that you mentioned that too. Holly was an advocate for women in electronics within Cornell Dublier, which is actually not always the case. Um, so we find that women more have a hard time advocating for things like this. So for all the women listening, <laughs> please advocate because when you do, your male colleagues um, really will support the efforts if you just reach out and, and, and try to get them on board. So anyway, thank you, Jim, for all that. And I just, I also wanted to ask you, so we've talked about women and how we need more women in business. Obviously, that's the case. All the data supports that. Um, but what issues do you feel our male leaders face as we're trying to go through this process? 
women leaders. For our male leaders, what is it that our male leaders, what issues would they face as we're trying to add more female leaders? What are the, the issues our male leaders are facing in the meantime? Well, we have to treat women differently than we have to treat men. I mean, we're different creatures. So I'm as guilty as anybody. If I'm in a meeting with a bunch of men and some man gets up and says something that's really firm and, and mate make his opinions known, might even offend people. Well, that's just normal. But when a woman does it, we know what we do. We know what we think. And that's just those social mores we've come to accept because we have these traditional roles for women. I'm as guilty as anybody. That's the first thing I'm like, okay, they're just another manager. They can raise their voice or get upset just as much as a man. But it doesn't come natural. I mean, it doesn't come natural to me because I'm used to thinking there's different roles, but that's what we have to get used to. And I don't know if there's any way to expedite that other than having more women in the workplace and realize that in their job, they can act and behave the same way. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to get away with it. I think they're going to have to try to act differently. That's unfortunate. And I think as men, we're going to have to try to think differently because we're just different. We have different expectations. It's not easy. I've learned to do it, especially the more I'm around certain people. I'm like, okay, that's just the way they are, and that's okay. But I don't think it's easy. But I think we all have to work at it, and eventually we'll get there. Well, I love that you made that point because we talk about this emotional intelligence so much and our unconscious biases and all this stuff. And this is what we're trying to educate so strongly with women in electronics because what you said, Jim, it exists. This is where we have our gray area. So I agree with you 100%. I think there are perceptions on both sides. And these are the things that we can't solve overnight. But I think validation is critical. Talking about it is critical. Awareness is critical. And that just helps us move forward uh, together and and stretching all of us, right? We all have to stretch and grow and learn. We do. Yeah, everybody's points. And so I wanted to ask you as well, as we're wrapping up the interview, you know, what is it? I just want to ask you about Cornell because you know, you've been in the industry a long time. It's a family run business. What's your competitive advantage in the industry? We have no turnover. I mean, we probably got, I don't know, a hundred and something salary people. Nobody leaves our company because we do have this fabulous culture. We don't pay what Kemet or Arrow pays. I would like to, we just can't, but we do our best to make up for that, all these things that we talked about. Great culture, empowering people, let them make their own decisions. Of course, we can reward them financially because we're a private company with bonuses and stuff. But I do think our people, because we have no turnover, as I told you early on about staying with the company. But if you've been in the job for 20 years and 25 years, we've got our engineering managers doing this for 62 years. You can imagine that. He's seen everything. He's exceptionally valuable. There's nothing he hasn't seen. So if you have people that are constantly doing, even customer service, for a long time and you have no turnover, you make less mistakes. If I change a customer service person and they're new and they enter an order wrong and Rockwell doesn't get their parts, they're furious because one person entered the order wrong. Or a customer calls up and asks, picks up the wrong phone, picks up the wrong person, but that person knows, oh, I know where to go. You need to talk to this person. If they're new, um, let me put you here. 
Well, and then they go here, then they get frustrated. So even that minutia of the switchboard operator, the customer service, the scheduling, people who have been here a long time, and, and of course you have to train them well, make less mistakes, they under customers, they know how to do things. And I think that's probably the main thing that sets us aside besides products and technology, that's kind of a given. You gotta have people, and if you can keep them good people, you gotta terminate the bad ones. Everybody's got bad ones. Just get rid of them. They don't fit. Don't waste your time. Don't try to coach them. I've tried that. Just if they don't fit culturally, I can't teach people to care. If they don't care, they're not good. I just terminate them. But if you can clean those people out, and of course, we don't have those anymore, hire good people and keep them from leaving, that's a fabulous advantage for anybody. Well, I think that is the excellent point of the day. Um, get rid of your bad people to make way for the good and to protect the good that are already there, right? Because a lot of times you'll have good people, but then you've got those one or two bad seeds and it just, <laughs> it can really contaminate the group. But, and you mentioned care. I don't think we talk about this enough. And we just had a prior interview with another leader that I really admire and respect as well and was talking about how his dad taught him and the importance of caring, caring what you do, caring... And so what you just said, do you have people who actually care? They show up. And to your point that you made earlier, you can't teach people how to do that, to show up and to be there and be present and to care. And if you do care, you're going to do a good job. You're going to put your best effort. You might make mistakes sometimes, and that's okay. It's not intentional. But I think that these are all excellent points, Jim. And the fact that you have so low turnover after all these years in the industry that says it all right there. And so I think you're an excellent leader. I think you have a great company. And I know Holly talks so highly of you and the company. So hats off to, you know, you and everything you've done. Well, thank you, Jackie. All right. Well, any final okay. thoughts before we sign off for the day? I think this went super fast. It was so great talking to you. Any final thoughts before we go? No, just get some more, get some more good women on board. That's, uh, you know, it's contagious. Even Teresa, she's now excited and trying to find more people because she's loved it so much because Holly talked to me and I encouraged Teresa. She's our uh, HR director and she's trying to get more. So just you keys, you guys keep doing the, the good work you're doing. Mm. We'll all be better for it. Well, thank you for your support, Jim. It was great talking to you. We look forward to seeing you another time and stay well. Thank you, Jackie. Enjoy those wineries. Okay, thank you. You've been listening to another episode of Women in Electronics right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.